Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. I'm Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Together, we're the founders of Good Egg Investments and creators of the Real Estate Accelerator. We help real estate investors and syndicators build their brands, find the right investors for their deals, and scale their businesses so they can do more and bigger deals. We believe that everyone has the power to make an impact through raising capital and helping people achieve financial freedom through real estate. We invite you to join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can amplify our impact together. We know you're going to love this episode. And hey, be sure to stick around to the end of the show because we're going to reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing real estate podcasts on the planet. Ready? Let's go. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Syndication Spotlight by our friends at Good Egg Investments. And of course, I am your host, Rye Russell. And with me today is another incredible mind in the world of real estate. And we're so lucky to have him join us. Scott, thank you so much for being in this space with me today to talk about real estate. Morning, Rye. Glad to be here. Well, I'm excited. Scott, the first question I ask all of our guests, because we have people in our audience that are from the entire spectrum of real estate, investors, syndicators, real estate agents. And it's always so fascinating because not many of us seem to have woken up one day and had this enlightenment that real estate is where we wanted to be. And so I'm <laughs> curious, Scott, did was that for you? Did you wake up and say, this is where I'm going to be? What was that journey like? How did you get here? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I'm, I'm doing a bit of writing on it. Uh, you know, as we speak. Um, so I grew up, you know, I'm, uh, I'm 52. And I grew up in the San Fernando Valley part of Los Angeles during the 70s and 80s. When that um, part of Los Angeles and the country really, in general, was going through a real estate boom. You know, um, I watched, you know, I watched, you know, my parents bought a house uh, where the next block over was, uh, was still an orchard. So and then ultimately got developed in a single family. So everywhere you turn was just real estate, every square piece of vacant land was getting built with something. And, you know, in the eighties, it was all about, you know, just, you know, greed is good and money and capitalism, all these sort of things. I was trying to figure out what's my, what's my, what's my direction here. And there was just everywhere, again, everywhere you turn was real estate. And for me, it just, I was just fascinated with the idea that a vacant piece of land uh, one day could turn into this building that was, uh, that had not only an architectural creative aspect to it, but was this economic cash machine. And it just fascinated me, you know, just uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know if I woke up one day, but it was a series of just living in the valley, watching it explode during the 70s and 80s that that really sunk in for me. And so I knew by probably midway through college, real estate was going to be my destiny. I love that. So when you were in college, can you tell me what what were you studying? I studied finance and real estate. <laughs> Amazing. You know, I wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to understand finance, but the interesting thing too was they had a minor in real estate. So by by doing the minor in real estate, I basically covered about 80% of the courses required to get my broker's license. Wow. Not salesperson's license, but broker's license. And back then, I'm not sure if it's the same now, but a four-year college degree was the equivalent of work experience to get to transition from a salesperson to a broker. 
And by being a broker, I didn't have to work for anybody. I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I went straight. I did get my sales license, but right out of college, I, you know, within a year or two, I got my broker's license. Now it took me a while before I did anything with it, but at least I had it. So it gave me the ability to start trading on my own, to start buying and selling real estate without having to go through a company and therefore keep all of the dollars and have more flexibility. So amazing. Yeah. What a cool opportunity. Cause when, when I was at university, we definitely didn't have any programs like that. And in fact, I didn't know that I wanted to do anything in real estate, but I knew <laughs> that I didn't want to get taken advantage of, right? Like when I was going to college, it was 2008, 2009. So yeah. I'm like, man, if I'm going to live the American dream, I, I need to learn, right? So I became a real estate agent. Then I got my mortgage broker's license because I remember, you know, that kind of environment in real estate and just like, oh no, like this, there's this shift in real estate and I wanted to learn it all. And so yes, very similar yep. paths of like, there was an opportunity there, but there was also this kind of fear and skepticism that that brought me into this world. And so, you know, now that we're in it, Scott, you know, what, what was your journey like in real estate? So during, uh, so I knew I wanted to be in real estate. Uh, I fancied myself uh, as, as, as a developer. I wanted to be a developer. I wanted to be one of the guys that bought a piece of land and put all the pieces together and actually created this you know, piece of real estate, whether it was an apartment building or attractive homes or a shopping center or what have you. But I had no idea how to do it uh, you know, because it's all conceptual in college. So um, a buddy of mine's uncle ran one of the biggest development companies in the Valley at the time. And I, I somehow hustled my way into an internship there. And, you know, before you know it, they've got me out, you know, they were, they were building tracks of homes in Santa Clarita Valley, uh, Canyon country area of, uh, of Los Angeles, and then ultimately into Palmdale and, and Lancaster. So I would go out there and I would do market studies of, uh, of other tracks and how fast they were selling to help the sales team understand how to price their tracks and all that kind of stuff. So it was really, really cool. And then I, and then I became the assistant to the chief financial officer. And that was a critical piece for me because that's where I really honed my spreadsheet skills. And so anybody who was out there thinking about real estate, you've got to have some basic rudimentary understanding of spreadsheets because the spreadsheets are how you understand deals. You know, that's how you understand expense growth and rent growth and assumptions and financing and all the different uh, financial alchemy that goes into whether or not you pull the trigger on a real estate deal. So I became a real, I became an Excel guru during that time. And uh, that turned out to be extremely valuable for my real estate career. What was interesting is, um, you know, I watched them go from probably one of the largest developers in Southern California, if not the country, to uh, this was right in the, the early '90s. So, if you were, I don't know if you're probably too uh, young to recall, but it was the um, it was the SNL crisis during that time, hmm. where much like OA, banks had gotten way ahead of themselves by a really, really aggressive lending, and they were loaning to people they shouldn't have, and and so the real estate cycle basically crashed. And that was that was probably the, the the last big recession before 2008. You know, the dot com bubble was one, but this 1990s SNL crisis was the other really big real estate uh, crash uh, before the 2008 Great Recession. And so I watched these guys go from one of the biggest developers in in certainly Southern California to nearly bankrupt because they were so over leveraged and they had uh, you know they had just made they just kept doubling down and doubling down and doubling down. And then nobody, you know, like literally real estate's this is another big lesson. Real estate cycles, when they turn, they turn quickly. You know, sure. we can be in an up cycle for years and years and years, but when it when it crashes, it crashes hard, you know. And uh, and they fired just about everybody, including me, uh, down to their core partners. And, you know, um, 
I think they ultimately made it through, but that was a, that was a very defining moment for me as well to kind of watch that scared the bejesus out of me, honestly. I definitely uh, about what it, that. What it, about what it takes to be a to to be a real estate developer, you know? What so. an experience! And first of all, I want I want to say because that was just too good. And we have so many people in our audience where it's like, wow. I mean, Scott got this great internship. He had this great opportunity. And I I want to pause there just for a second because I feel like there's so many people in the audience that like. Those things just happen. Those things don't just happen to you, Scott. I, you had to have asked, I'm sure, and put yourself into some uncomfortable situations uh, to have those opportunities. Like that's really special. And so I didn't want to. I didn't want to glaze over that. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's right. It's a good point. I, sometimes I, I I gloss over some of the hard work that I actually did during my career because you look back and it's like it just it kind of loses its impact, you know, as you as you're totally. down in your career. But no, I remember sitting in the bedroom of the house that I lived in with my mother as a 21-year-old in college, not knowing the first thing about anything other than I wanted to be in real estate. And the only connection I had to real estate was my best friend's uncle, who I'd never met. And so I just remember calling, my heart's pounding through my chest as I'm calling. It's the first professional call I've ever made in my life. You know what I mean? And I just remember sitting on my bed and I could visualize it like it was yesterday, like wait, you know, just calling, leave a message after message after message, and then finally getting the call and just being so nervous and just somehow enabling them to, uh, to let me in for an interview. Right. And so I get into an interview and I remember walking into the guy's office and it was like walking into maybe like, um, like a, for me, it was like walking into a Trump or a Buffett's office at the time. You know, this guy was like the top, the top of the real estate uh, uh, food chain. And I was so nervous. And I had my, the only, I don't even, I'm not, I may have bought a suit, my first suit for the, for the interview. You know what I mean? And I walk in, he's like, so tell me, why do you want to work here? And I just started talking. I'm a fast talker. I just started talking so fast through every, you know, thing, you know, that I could possibly think of. And, and then I finished it off by saying, you know, I want to work here so bad. I'll work for free. And he's like, wow. so let me t- he's like, so let me tell you my first, your first real estate lesson, never work for free. <laughs> he says, people will value what they pay you. And I always remember that. So they gave me a, a $1,500 a month, you know, basically, you know, pittance of a, of a salary and, and, uh, and worked the crap out of me for the next couple of years. But I was happy because <laughs> I was, I was in it, man. I was in the belly of the, of the machine. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that because I have all of these amazing stories we get to share with the audience. And it's the stories like that that I think sometimes really hit home that these yeah, things yeah. didn't just happen. They were a product of something that we created. And so for anybody that's on the fence of like, wow, you know, I can't, I can't do this. Scott knew a guy. Well, sure, but he still had to pick up the phone and he had to make that call. And I think everybody was in that room with you, Scott, heart palpitating, <laughs> probably sweating. Yeah, How right. am I going to do this? But you just did it. Yeah, dude, it's a certain amount of, yeah, exactly. No, you just do it. And I didn't even know the guy. I just, I knew his nephew, you know what I mean? I, and they weren't even really close. So yeah, it was, it was a little bit, it was a little bit warmer than a cold call, but not much. So now, Scott, you, you, got some of that out of the way. What a powerful lesson early on. And now you talked about the spreadsheets. You know, we need, you became a spreadsheet wizard and that really helped be the framework, I expect, for the decisions that you made. And so I'd love to just kind of learn a little bit more about how you created that framework for you in terms of decision making. And I know that you also teach some of these theories. And so I'd love to learn about some of that. So, so we, 
ask me specifically on on what yeah so like when when you're starting out and we have individuals at all kind of different places trying to figure out is a single family home the right place for them is a duplex the right place for them mm-hmm. or is mm-hmm. commercial real estate how do you break that down is that something that you can break down in a spreadsheet and if so how yeah you know what what you know which product type or market segment you go into uh, you know, a, a spreadsheets are, it doesn't matter because spreadsheets are a vital aspect to analyzing any deal. You know, a single family home, you, you don't need as complex a spreadsheet as you would a multi-tenant office building, you know, and or, a, or an apartment building for that matter, or even more complicated, a retail center, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but spreadsheets are very, very critical. So, uh, so I would recommend to anybody to, to, to watch YouTubes or, or uh, I'll be putting out some content at some point about using spreadsheets, right? Um, but but to step back from that, um, figuring out the product type, really, if you know you want to be in real estate or you're trying to figure out you want to be in real estate, I guess um, for me, it was um, I gravitated to apartment buildings and and I think I gravitated to apartment buildings because as I learned about real estate, they just again, they littered the valley. So they were they were everywhere that you could see. And they just represented this interesting mix of, of scalability, right? You can buy very, very large apartment buildings with multiple tenants paying your rent. Um, and when you look at kind of the hierarchy of needs of, of who uses real estate, um, people always need shelter before they need a place to go to work. They always need shelter before they, uh, they need a place to go buy a Starbucks, you know, uh, and they need shelter before they're going to go out in a you know, hotel. And you look, you just go down the list. So apartments and housing were always at the top of the food chain. So I said, I wanted to be, I wanted to own the kind of stuff that people must be able to live, you know, must be able to use. And, and, and so apartments and, and to a lesser extent, housing, single family housing was where I gravitated to. And so, um, you know, and apartments give you, we're kind of jumping over the, all over the board here, but apartments give yeah. you, again, more scalability. Like to buy a 10-unit apartment building is cheaper than buying 10 homes, single-family homes, right? So you get the same kind of scale, but it's just, the you know, it's just, there's, there's it, as we get, it was, we dive super, much more deeper into that. I, you know, the returns ultimately can be better in apartments than they can in single families. And, and there's a lot to impact find- there, but. Did you find in your experience that, like, was there a sweet spot in terms of, like, the risk that you were comfortable with in terms of uh, a multifamily home or or a 10-unit property versus a two-unit property? Did you ever kind of have something that's like, oh, man, my heart is willing to have this much risk, but my brain is saying this much? I actually believe, uh, as I got into really understanding the various product types, that apartments were safer than single-family homes. Um, they're more of an entry-level place for people to move into, right? Think about when you moved out of your parents' home. You went, in, you likely went into an apartment, probably with a roommate, you know, yep. versus a house. Um, and so, and then, and then also, think about it. If you had, if you had ten, you know, a ten-unit apartment building, which maybe depending on the market you're in, may cost you the same as buying two or three single-family homes. You have 10 tenants paying your rent to help you offset your mortgage and your costs versus three tenants. So if you lose one of the three in the single family, you're, you've got a 35% vacancy in your quote unquote portfolio. Whereas if you lose one tenant on the, on the apartment building, you've only got a 10% vacancy. And so again, that's where the kind of the efficiencies of scale uh, I found in apartment buildings were very attractive to me. 
Amazing. And Scott, I'm curious, I was on your website and I know that there's some things that you love about real estate and I know there's some things that you hate (laughs) about real estate. So I was wondering if you would mind sharing with us your like the number one thing that you love about real estate and then that number one thing that just grinds your gears about this industry. I think the number one thing about real estate is it's it it just it offers virtually an unlimited opportunity to be your own bosses and make as much money as you want and craft the kind of life that you want. It's a lot easier said than done, but I mean, you know, I'm just an entrepreneur to the bone, and uh, and just real estate allows me. I took, for an example, there there I was there was a crossroads in my career where I knew. When I go back to like where I wanted to be, I actually knew it was going to be real. But I also I had a I had an interest in finance, right? Where I might I might have I might have been pulled into the stock brokerage kind of wealth advisory uh, market too. And when I had to make a career defining moment, um, kind of after that SNL crisis, I kind of got, got off on a tangent doing some software sales, which is an interesting story too. But when I came back Definitely. to real estate to really settle into my career. It was really, do I go back into the real estate industry or do I go into the stock and wealth advisory industry? And I chose real estate because to go into the wealth advisory, I knew I was going to have to work for a Morgan Stanley or a you know a Bear Stearns or a American Express or whoever, and I was going to have to show up at six o'clock and you know in the morning and do conference calls and be under somebody's you know a thumb for a good portion of my career before I can go out on my own. Whereas real estate. Once I got a certain amount of chops under my belt, I could jump out on my own pretty quickly. And so to me, that's where real estate really uh, shined as far as a career move. And, and it's the thing I love about it the most is it really can allow you to create the kind of life that you uh, that you want. I love that. And, what's, and if you had to pick one thing that grinds your gears about real estate, what would that one thing be? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, so I know talk- contractors not answering me, uh, renters not paid. There's a lot of things yeah, to, to know, not I, like. <laughs> I hate to say it because they are, in fact, your customers, but you know, it's dealing, it's Definitely. dealing with tenants, honestly, because sure. you know, in, in being in the you know, and tenants are different. If I own a real retail center, I'm dealing with you know, um, business owners. If I, if I own an office building, I'm, I'm dealing with business owners, but when you own apartment buildings, you're dealing with with, uh, you know, uh, with, with people, you know, and real, and real people who live there and they cook there and they go to the bathroom there and they, they raise their kids there. And so all of the things that go along with that, there's just a tremendous amount of wear and tear and people can get, can get strange, you know, in terms of, uh, how they live and how they care for their apartments. And, you know, I, 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 as you saw on my website, I built a property management company, yeah. You know, to help me manage the, the the properties that me and my partners were, were acquiring. And so I learned firsthand just how, you know, just how intense it can be managing, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of units uh, of people living in your properties. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and perhaps not ventilating them properly or, you know, doing, you know, all manner of uh, shenanigans in them. And, you know, these totally. <laughs> and so that's that's probably the thing that that that's the toughest, you know, of the industry. I can deal with I can deal with contractors that don't show up. I can do deal with lenders that, you know, that want to charge me too much interest rates. I can deal with real estate agents that you know maybe not know what they're doing. You know, I can deal with a lot of that stuff. But. Amazing, amazing. That's so great because everybody has those few things that kind of grind their gears, right? About real estate. And what I love about this example is you took that opportunity. 
And then you created a company around it. You created a mechanism around it that could deal with those things. And, and I that's clearly the entrepreneur side yeah. Of, yeah. of who Scott is. It's like, yeah. hey, there's this part. It's not my favorite. I don't love it, but it's right. a part of the business. So yeah. how do we create that system to handle that? And I think that's super powerful. So Scott, for the members of the audience that are really excited and just love this today, what is the best way for us to stay connected and to continue following you? So I'm building out a real estate a blog and an education platform called teachmerealestate.com. And they can contact me through there. Just sign up, uh, you know, get your, give me your email. I'll start producing newsletters and, and free content. And I'm working on some online curriculums and stuff. So I'm, I'm at this point in my career where I've, I've, I've reached financial freedom through the hard work that I've done and, and, and a fair amount of luck, you know, being in the right place at the right time. And now I want to give back. I want to give back in the form of mentorship and coaching and, uh, and education. And so I want to do it through this through this platform. Amazing. Well, Scott, thank you so much for the opportunity to be in this space with me today. And I'm super grateful that we had a chance to talk. Right. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Look forward to seeing you again. And of course, we're so grateful to all of you for tuning in and spending some time with Scott and I uh, here on Real Estate Syndication Spotlight brought to you by Good Egg Investments. We're excited to see you in the next show. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. If you are a real estate investor or syndicator who would like to be on this podcast, please visit syndicationspotlight.com. And please also join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can connect with you and learn more about you. And if you got something out of this episode, we'd love it if you could subscribe to this show and give us a rating and review. We promise to read your feedback and take action to continue to make this show even better and more valuable for the real estate syndication community. My name is Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the real estate syndication spotlight community.